It's Pandarin Talk. Pandarin Talk. Everybody knows that it's Pandarin Talk. Pandarin Talk. Pandarin Talk. Everybody knows that it's Pandarin Talk. And welcome back to another episode of Pandarin Talk. I'm one of your hosts, Jordan Mask. And with me, as always, a man who could be in the running for the Monday night football spot now that Tony Romo's all locked up. Sean Dangler, Sean, what's up? Not much, man. I am I'm gonna I'm gunning for Booger's job, I tell you what. Uh I could take that I think anyone could take down Booger at this point. I don't think any not one person in America was happy with Booger's performance this season. Yeah, so we'll get into Tony Roma here in a second, but um do you think so Jason Witten was like panned across the board and yeah. everyone's like Booger's not too bad and then Booger came out and it's like Booger's bad. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think people dislike Booger now more than they dislike Witten last year? Or do you think it's more? Uh, oof. I don't know. Um Yeah, the Jason Witten hate was a lot though. Like and I think that Jason Witten didn't benefit though that Tony Romo had just become an announcer and was so good. And then Jason mm-hmm. Witten was just not as good. He, I, I wonder if Jason Witten, like, if he wasn't right behind Tony Romo, if he would have been, like, I don't know. If he wasn't a number one analyst somewhere, he probably wouldn't have gotten as much. I guess he got the number one. I I think he he just had a really bad uh, circumstance. But I guess considering that Booger then came in and seemed to get even worse buzz, um, I guess that kind of does mean that Booger probably was worse. <laughs> Yeah, I think Booger's worse. I, I know there's. A, I I watched a few Monday Night Football games when Witten was on there. Yeah, and those few games, I remember someone I was with every time going, "Man, I don't like Witten, but I hate Booger." <laughs> yeah. So, I think, I think Booger might be getting more, more criticism than Witten, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, I. Yeah, I, I think I think people are more annoyed at Booger. It's funny because I listened uh, to this podcast Booger was interviewed on before that before the season had started, and he's like talking about how you know he, how he's going to be good, how people want to hear from the defensive lineman perspective. Um, and while that all makes sense, I think people in the in the end just want to hear what they've always heard, type of thing, which is usually some usually it's a quarterback. I feel like. Or a decent, uh, an offensive player typically is, I feel like, what the number one analyst is. Um, whether it's Chris Collinsworth, I guess he was a receiver. Tony Romo was a quarterback. Um, Troy Aikman was a quarterback. Yeah. I don't really know. I guess I'm sure there's defensive people who are out there, but no one who is a number one analyst. If you consider the ESPN Monday Night Football, I mean, I guess it's a number one analyst gig, but it's like they kind of got... I mean, they've slowly gotten a few better games, but it's not great. Yeah, I was going to say, John Gruden was the dude before Witten, right? Yeah. And or a coach, like, yeah. yeah. He's considered almost like a quarterback, though, because he's yeah. like a quarterback coach. Yeah. Um, or like John Madden was a coach. Like, otherwise, that would make sense. Yeah. Yeah, I, every time I've actually like heard Booger talk non-Monday Night Football, I'm like, this guy seems like a cool guy, like a nice guy. Yeah, he's just not—he's not good at commentating Monday Night Football. No, I—I I, have they announced? Are they getting rid of those two? Or are they gonna bring them back? I haven't heard anything about that. Um, I don't think they've made any decision on it. I think if Romo had come around, yeah, 
definitely would have happened, or if like Peyton Manning agrees to sign with them, yeah, it's definitely going to happen. But <laughs> I I think as of now, they kind of got to stick with what they have. Yeah, I. I don't think Joe Tessitore, I, he's, from listening to him, he seems like a nice guy. But, like, it's, it seems on Monday Night Football, he's just not a good fit for pro football. Like, he was better as a college football announcer. Yeah, they're, they're just not very good. <clears throat> so, yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, but all this means is, yes, Tony Romo did not uh, sign with ESPN because he just took it to the bank um, for, from CBS, basically. Yeah, uh, got seventeen. I think is it seventeen, seventeen and a half million dollars a year to be a goddamn it's, analyst. It's one of those. Yeah, it's a lot of money for one game a week. I was reading ESPN uh, this morning, and they said that's uh, only three times in his NFL career did he make more than seventeen million in a year. Oh. I think I, if I read that correctly, it was on ESPN. So. Uh, yeah, but it's insane. I mean, I, he's a great analyst. Clearly, he's better than the other people. But I still feel like that's just a stupid load of money to be a TV analyst. Yeah, so I I agree he's better than like the Monday Night Football crew. Yeah, but honestly, I'll watch either of the Fox crews. Yeah, and I enjoy them just as much, if not more. I know that's 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 the thing. I don't think either one. Like, it doesn't matter that much to the regular people. Like, it's like, as long as they're not Booger McFarlane, I guess. Like, people don't care that much, honestly. And I don't think people would care. You're still going to watch the game. You can always just mute the announcers if you don't want to listen. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's, you're paying, and who knows, maybe they have some data to back it up. Like, when Romo announces, like, here's what we got. Yeah. I think that would probably be skewed because he's, announcing the good games that yeah. people just want to see but um it's crazy to think that he's making more now than he was as a player yeah i don't know and he Wild. was like a big big player for a big franchise yeah i know which is crazy to think about he didn't get paid more than that um it's i, I was reading something that it, it's kind of funny because cbs doesn't actually have any games locked up for next year either Oh, really? Because, like, this whole CBA and, like, TV rights deal or whatever. Oh, okay. I guess maybe, maybe for next season they're signed in. Yeah. But whenever the TV rights come up, which is soon. Yeah, it's, yeah. They could, they could have Romo under contract, but not have any games. Ooh, that would be rough. Um, so I would think they're probably going to pay whatever they got to pay to have the game still. Yeah, I, it is, the way the article was written, at least, it sounded like, to keep games, they almost needed to keep Romo because Romo was the reason that the NFL would give them games. Yeah. I, so That makes sense. It'll be interesting. Yeah, I think it comes up in like 2021 maybe is when the new rights deals, they start um, trying to do it. Because uh, I know like ESPN or ABC, um, well, they're owned by the same one, they're thinking ABC might try to make a run at it and try to get it on broadcast television, which I never understood why... ESPN took the Monday Night Football and didn't just always just have it on ABC uh, because it, because like I don't know broadcast more people can just get broadcasts and want to pay for cable. Uh, I think back then that was like a hey let's make people like buy cable like yeah. they thought it would make them buy cable to get Monday Night Football. 
and it just so happened in that time period that like how cable and TV works has kind of like changed a lot. Yeah. Where people are just like, nah. Yeah. That, yeah. I don't know. Whatever. Um, yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with the NFL stuff, but I don't think anyone, I, I, I would assume it'd probably stay in the same spot for all of it because it's live sports is like the best uh, TV programming out there. Essentially gets the highest ratings. Um, yeah. So I, I can't imagine either one would Fox or CBS would just give up their games unless like they splinter the games even more or something. Yeah. I, especially with Fox cause Fox like sold off everything, but like it's sports and news. Yeah. Like that's all it has. Um, which it sounds like no one's in all these discussions. It never sounds like Fox or NBC is going to lose anything. Yeah. It's more like ABC and CBS are going to fight over like the scraps. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. um, Sean, Sean, do you remember like before Monday night football was on ESPN? Uh, a little when bit. they had Sunday night football. Uh, bear. I mean, I didn't have cable growing up, but I remember when Monday night football was actually like a big thing on ABC. Um, like when John Madden was on there. Uh, oh, so it was always on ABC. I thought it was on NBC. No, no, it was. So what happened was, uh, yeah, it was uh, ESPN had the Sunday night football. ABC had Monday night football. John Madden and Al Michaels were on that. And then, uh, when there was that 2005 or whenever that happened, basically they swapped because, for some reason, ESPN thought the Monday Night Football would be, you know, because it had always been kind of the prized possession, like it had been so successful. Um, yeah, but it was then, supposed to be like the premium game of the week. Yeah, and essentially what happened is it kind of flipped to the, I don't know, Sunday Night Football just did a great job of building up their show, NBC did, and then yeah. Uh, basically, yeah, made it the more premier game, I guess, and then the Monday Night Football kind of has become, I don't know, third rate compared to the other the other games also, it seems like their scheduling gets kind of screwed over. And I think the prime time numbers, I'm not for sure. I don't know the numbers for sure, but I'm guessing the Sunday night numbers prime time is better than Monday night. And so that's why they always flex game. They can flex games there now or whatever later in the season. Did you hear the rumor? And we're getting really in the weeds on some of this <laughs> NFL scheduling and TV rights. Uh, yeah. That one of the things ESPN wants is to be able to flex games into Monday night football. I I think I've heard that from, uh, I feel like, I don't know, listen to uh, Richard Deitch or John Oren. I'm trying to credit people, <laughs> but I I feel like I've, re- I've heard that. Uh, yes. No, I, I think, I would think ESPN would want, I mean, anyone would want to do that if you can flex a better game over like a Jets-Browns game. <laughs> it just seems so hard because it's a whole other day, you know? Like, yeah. It's not just like they play later in the day. Because I think, like, if you schedule for Monday, you, like, play later the week, next week or something like that. There's, like, yeah, there's things that change in the next week, so scheduling because of it. It would make it a lot harder, I think, for the NFL to uh, do that. Because, yeah, if you're playing on a Sunday game um, and then you get switched to Monday and then you're playing that next Sunday again or something, you know, it kind of screws you up if you're not really prepared for it. Because I know, like, I think, I assume how the schedule works is, now is that every Monday game, every team has to play a Monday game at least once. I don't know how that will line out, but you kind of know when that's going to happen. But if you just add that in where sometime in the season, you might get flexed in the Monday night spot um, would be pretty tricky. Yeah. 
I don't I know. I guess that's why we're we're not scheduling the games. You know, we're just sitting here talking in the mics about it. I I don't know. I guess the only way if ESPN wanted that to happen would be if you're able to like just have like kind of a like a few different games each week you kind of pick out before the season start and you're like uh, so then the teams I don't know have a heads up that they might get flexed into it but it still seems pretty sketchy and the travel plans um like especially if it's the week before I assume teams already have their travel booked and it's like hey you're not leaving on Sunday you gotta leave on Monday now or whatever um makes it a little trickier yeah I I don't know how that would work but um, that's for uh, greater minds than us. Yep. And all of this comes down to Tony Romo getting 17 million. <laughs> Crazy. I wish I could get 17 million to call 16 games. And the playoffs, yeah, I guess. Me too. I don't think I'll be, I'd be able to guess the play, but, uh, <laughs> you know, I think I'd do all right. Hey, man. You know? If they if the NFL adopts the XFL, I can hear the coaches uh, talking. I might be able to do that. <laughs> so, um, Sean, this is a side note. Yeah. Have you watched any XFL games? Uh, I have if I'm around. I have not sat down and been like, all right, I'm turning on some Tampa Bay Vipers right now. Uh, but if I'm here uh, at home or I'm somewhere, I will turn it on and watch it because it's – it's entertaining. It's different. The The presentation of the game, I, I they do actually do some cool things that I hope the NFL adopts eventually. Yeah, I so sadly, my cable ran out right when this was coming up. <laughs> yeah. And by cable, I just mean TV. Yes. Um, so I don't have Fox or anything like that. So I have zero ways to watch it. You got to buy an um, antenna, man. Get those bunny ears. I'm telling you. I live in a building made of lead because I had a hundred mile radius antenna that would get me zero channels. All right. Fair enough. So, uh, yeah, I know before the season we were going to be the premier XFL podcast. Yeah. It's kind of tough when I can't watch it. <laughs> so you haven't uh, watched one game, not even a minute of it. I have watched the first five minutes of the first week because I happened <laughs> to be at a bar when it started. All right. Well, I can give my quick analysis on what I like. Uh, yeah, let's it. hear it. Uh, I do, I, I think my, my, uh, my favorite part is actually, actually there's two things I really like. First thing is the, uh, kickoffs, how they do kickoffs there where they pretty much line everyone up across each other, like five yards or 10 yards apart. I don't remember how far. And then it's just the kicker kicks and there's one returner and then, I don't know, it seems smart with how, you know, people get, don't get as injured if you're not running full bore into people. Uh, and so and it still seems like the returner usually returns at about the same yardage he would in another circumstance. So I really like that. Uh, second thing I like is simply the, whenever they have a review, you can listen in and hear the people talking about the review. Um, like the ref and then the guy who's reviewing it with his Xbox controller. Uh, I, I really like that. I think that's really cool. I would hope the NFL at least would do that, the review part. Um, cause I, I think it helps the viewers. So you're not just like, so you're not just, you know, there's some random person somewhere making a call and you have no idea why. Um, other, other fun things though, are the fact that they just interview players just like right after they score a touchdown or my friend was talking about how after like guy missed a kick, they, they just interviewed the guy. 
It's like, hey, man. I heard about that one. <laughs> and so, like, it's really cool uh, to listen to them uh, do that. But, like, half the time they're just, like, if they had just scored a touchdown or something, they're, like, dying. They're like, oh, it was great. We did what? And it's just, like, this is kind of weird. And you can tell the players probably really don't like it. Um, but, they, you know, they got to do what they got to do to try to get in the NFL again. Uh, and I know, like, one game, I think – Melvin Gordon and some other player from the Chargers was there. Uh, no, Gordon Gurley. Gordon Gurley, that's who it was. Yes, because Gurley's voice threw me off. I didn't realize he spoke like that. He gives yeah, like a, a different. He doesn't have a deep voice. No, it's not deep. It's not like super high, but it's different for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So they interviewed it, that, those two, and they're basically just like, "Yeah, uh, we would not like getting interviewed, <laughs> like like after a play." Just oh, I could. I could guarantee I would hate getting interviewed after a play, yeah. good or bad. Like it'd be interesting for them to do that in NFL, but I don't think the NFL would let them do that. Uh, no. Mainly the players' union, I think, would not let them do that because I don't think any players want that to happen. No, nobody would like that. And the, <clears throat> the play, you get to also listen in on the coaches' call plays, which I mean isn't really much because you have no idea what they're talking about. It's just like random bull crap. Um, yeah. but it's still kind of interesting for them to drop in and you're like, Oh, what's this? What's Mark Tressman calling right now? Um, what is Mark Tressman calling? Yeah. He's a Tampa Bay Vipers coach, uh, which they have my favorite jerseys of the league because they're just bright lime green. They just went straight Oregon. Yeah. And they're not good though. I don't think they're good. Um, I, I really don't know what the, the standings are. It's the play itself. I've talked about pretty much all the cosmetics, the play itself is pretty, you know, not as good as NFL. Like you, you could just tell people aren't as fast, and the co- play, the quarterbacks don't throw the ball on a dime as well. Like it's just yeah. there's some bad throws, and you're just like, I, that would not happen in the NFL. Um, but overall, I don't know. I I haven't watched the last couple weeks, but the first two weeks it seemed like wherever they were playing, that they had a pretty good crowd there, and it's on national television, which I think probably helps them more than what the AAF had, uh, which just went to like CBS sports network. Uh, so I don't know. I hope it goes well. It's fun. I think it's kind of cool to just have it. Yeah. From what I've heard, the things people like most about it are the subtle, like the subtle changes from the NFL, like the kickoff. Yeah. Um, the like after touchdown, like two point. Yes. Like oh yeah. I didn't even one, two, that. three. I don't know what they're calling them. It's um, yeah. Conversions. It's, Yep, it's a one point two. It's I think it's a one point conversion from the like two and a half, uh, two point from the five and three from the ten. So you don't there you cannot kick a PAT. You basically have to pick one and try to go for it. Yeah, so stuff like that people like, and those are I could see like those two things getting slightly implemented into the NFL. Yeah. Um, like you said, we're never gonna have players probably, um, interviewed on the sideline like that. Yeah. Um, I'm going to bet the coaching thing goes away just for the reason that like no one knows what the hell they're saying. <laughs> yeah. Um, I could see, I think the public would like to see the, uh, review. Like, like you could hear them, but yeah. I, I have a hard time thinking that the officiating like people are going to let that happen in the NFL. I guess that, yeah, I guess that'd be the same thing. They probably don't want to be known unless they put like uh 
You know, like they do and they interview people on TV shows where they disguise the voice in their face. They just do something yeah. like that. It's just like he's a, he's also a mob boss on the run. Yeah. <laughs> he's also the uh, officiating guy. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't know. I Same as you, because um, I've read a little bit about it, but I haven't watched it. I hope that it sticks around. Hopefully the quarterback, because it kind of sounds like the good teams are the ones with decent quarterbacks. Yeah. And the other ones are bad. Hopefully in like the coming years, if this sticks around, what you'll find is like not the top tier quarterbacks, but like the second tier quarterbacks who think they're first tier quarterbacks. Yeah. Go play there. So like the quarterback play kind of goes up. Because right now it's just like people who weren't on rosters. Yeah. But hopefully it turns into like people who think they can be starters. Yeah. But just aren't. So. Yeah, hopefully. But it, it would have to last a year or two for that to happen, I think. Yeah. I have no idea whether yeah what the ratings are and that stuff, but I know initially it was better than the AAF, uh, and I, they benefit because they are on ESPN or Fox, so it's like a traditional broadcast. You watch it. That's the fun part is it's like you hear announcers that you would normally hear, uh, so that makes it fun. Yeah, well, hopefully I'll be able to watch some games here in the coming weeks. So I can finagle my way to a TV with a. One of those channels. Yeah, man. I don't know how your St. Louis Battlehawks are doing now. I think they were they were two and one at one point. They uh, might be two and two now. Uh, they had the first kickoff return in the league. I ooh, saw that. Nice. I don't know who's their quarterback. It's uh, and the old old Miss quarterback. I it's like Tama Tiola or something like. That. Uh, I can't pronounce his name. Okay. Um, it's a lot of a lot of the coaches and some of the players. It's a lot of like, oh, I remember that guy, <laughs> type of things. Yeah. Like they are not obviously good enough to coach in the NFL anymore. Or they're. I feel like some of them are like were retired and they're just like, why not? I could coach for like this season or something. It's just a nice little paycheck. So it's kind of interesting. Wasn't it like wasn't it like Bob Stoops and like Steve Spurrier like coaches? Yes, yes, I believe they both are. Yeah, that's just definitely like a, okay, yeah, you're going to offer me that much money? Sure. <laughs> I will do this. So, so yeah, that's kind of cool. Um, transitioning to another sport I have watched none of. Yes. College basketball, Sean. Um, you specifically asked to talk about this because you had some thoughts. I, um, have, I have some thoughts. Uh, it has been... I think for the state of Iowa overall, for their basketball, uh, I'm not going to talk about Drake. I They've been okay, but not great, but I don't know much about Drake. Uh, for the state of Iowa, it's been, uh, I think, a decent year. Um, Iowa and you and I, um, Iowa's been very impressive this year, uh, which is like, I, didn't, I don't think anyone really thought they would be as good as they are, and considering, like, I think they have quite a few players have gotten hurt on their team. Uh uh, or, yeah, I think hurt. Luke Garza, like All-American, I guess. A big old hunky-dory man. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know if he'll officially be a, an All-American, but he seems he's definitely the reason they are good, is he is out there destroying people with his looks, I guess. Um, <clears throat> that's mean. Uh, he's, he's, a good, he's a good player. Uh, very good at basketball. Um, yeah, I was ranked 18th right now. They're 19-9. Um, it's a pretty good season. I think they're up there. They've they got up there a little higher, but they seem to have been ranked most of the season at this point. Uh, so that's pretty good. 
Uh, Iowa State, on the other hand, has not been good at all. <laughs> uh, they... I they uh basically they lost two of their players went pro earlier than they thought and then uh their best player who is projected potentially to be a lottery pick Tyrese Halliburton I don't know if you know any of this Jordan I I've heard I've heard of him I the way you've explained him though is he's a better NBA prospect than he is a college basketball player yeah pretty much there's a lot of potential with him like his Last season is like PER, the player efficient rating was like ridiculously high, like impressively high. Uh, but he's never been like a scorer really from that point. Uh, he kind of seems like he's like a Swiss Army knife type of player. Mm. Uh, but he, you know, he was their best player this season, even though he wasn't like, you know, a high scorer mentality, which so that wasn't the best. And then he got hurt and was out for the season. So basically, they've been struggling along. They're only they're twelve and sixteen, which I don't know the last time Iowa State had a losing record. Uh, maybe back to McDermott or Hoiberg's first year or something. Uh, wow. Yeah, it's they're not doing so hot. I I know like some Iowa State fans are like on Prom's ass to get fired, which just seems illogical to me. Uh, like I know I think he's had some missteps. He might not be, you know perfect but it's only one season and like if you go bad in one season and I don't think it's his fault because people went pro early and while you should hopefully keep those kids there it's like I think give them another season maybe another couple seasons but if next season's just as bad then fine I'll fire him if you're that upset about it but if you were to get fired this year I would be shocked are, are those same people going like we get Hoiberg back I like, don't. We were come back. See, that's what I don't know. I I'm not sure if people. I don't know how people feel about that. I was talking to my uh, Ryan, the Terry McCarthy, um, who's a big Iowa State fan about this, and he he basically was like he didn't want Hoiberg. I mean, he he wasn't he didn't really want uh, Prom fired uh, yet. Like he, I think he was coming from the same point of like, dude, like give him another year at least, like. It's not all his fault. Um, yeah. But he's, when I asked, like, do you think, would you want Hoiberg back? And he was like, I, he thought Hoiberg wouldn't come back. Like, but I'm like, I'm pretty sure if Iowa State asked Hoiberg to come back, like, he would come and come back and coach. Because um, he's just over there in old Lincoln, Nebraska, coaching not a great Nebraska team. He's the mayor, man. He's the mayor. Like, he's got to come back. And then we're left with my, maybe a little biased, but the best team in the state, uh, the Northern Iowa Panthers, who are, uh, it doesn't even list their record on Google. Screw you, Google. Uh, <laughs> they are 24-5, and five, undefeated at home, uh, and will be because their last game is today at Drake, um, and will either win outright or at least share uh, the conference title, um, which they haven't done. Wow. I guess someone was telling me they haven't done that technically since like 2010, which seems crazy that it's been that long. Uh, I feel like it's been earlier than that, like when Seth Tuttle was there, but maybe I'm wrong. Wichita might have still been in the conference. So I don't know. They're, they definitely have the best record in the conference. I would think even if, if they don't, I don't know. If they got knocked out right away in the MVC tournament, maybe they would only make the NIT. But I think if they even made the finals and still lost, 
they might still sneak into the tournament. But I, they've they've had a very good year. Uh, AJ Green, who is from Cedar Falls, his dad is an assistant coach for a long time at UNI, uh, is definitely the best player on the team. Um, is ungodly good for being a UNI player. Um, maybe it's because his dad, you know, is there and that's why he's at UNI. But it's been impressive to watch you and I this year. I have not been this excited about a UNI team for a while. They have not been as good, uh, you know, in recent years. Uh, and their play style, they play more upbeat and not as what a conventional Jacobson team, I would say, plays. They still have a, uh, they still have a post game, but it definitely the game revolves around AJ Green. Like he's a player. That, like, he will pull up from anywhere, and you're like, this might actually go in. Like, he's not just heat checking. Like, it is impressive. What, how old is that kid? He's a sophomore. That's what's even more exciting, is that he'll probably be around um, for a while. I wouldn't think he'd go pro, because he's just from you and I. Uh, So, they should have a couple good years in store. Uh, Austin Fife, that's the post player. Um who's like they'll feed the, feed the rock to if they have to um so yeah i don't know it's exciting i you and i is is good this year um and you know i think they have a legitimate shot again in the the big dance and so who who is uh you said there there's a chance they might only share the title which means there's some team with one loss in the conference uh, okay, so they are undefeated at home, but in conference they're thirteen and four, so they've lost four oh. times. They, you and I seem to do this. They've always been getting votes to get into the top twenty-five, but right when they get close, they lose to some crap team in the conference for some reason. Gotcha. <laughs> and so they're thirteen and four. Loyola is twelve and five. So if you and I wins, then they win it outright. If they lose, then they share with Loyola. Gotcha. Loyal, that's the one who went to the Final Four a couple years ago? Yes. Gotcha. Yep. Uh, they are not as good as what they used to. They have this center who's just, like, not that tall. I mean, he's kind of tall, but just fat. It's just – that's my favorite part about college basketball is the fact that just fat guys can play in the league or in it. <laughs> like you, yeah, they're just, like, not very athletic, but they're just well, big. Yeah, they, I mean, they're probably they're probably more athletic than us, but like they are not. not hard. T- <laughs> yeah, not hard. Not they're not toned. They do not have any muscle like toneness. It's just blubber. Um, yeah, and I love it. I, Gonzaga had a player a few years ago who was just like a fat fat guy, um, and that's like it just it does not exist in the NBA. Obviously. Uh, but in college basketball, it does, and it makes me so happy when I see a fat guy just running out there. Yeah, you definitely uh, you don't get that in the pros. They definitely weed those guys out quick. Yeah. Um, um, other other fun fact about the MVC Jordan. This ties back to Iowa. Todd Licklider. Do you remember Todd Licklider? Nope. Oh God. Okay, you really don't follow basketball. He basically he was the coach before McCaffrey, who drove Iowa into the ground. Basically, he was not that good oh. of a coach. Okay, uh, I, I remember this guy, like, the, like, I remember the guy, I don't remember the name. Yeah, yeah. so he, uh, he resurfaced this year, uh, as, uh, so Evansville's, uh, their actual head coach got fired because of, uh, he went under investigation, I forget exactly what it was, but it was bad stuff he was doing, and Luke Leiter had been an assistant at Evansville, and they brought him in, 
and uh, they haven't won a game all year, but or not all year. They haven't won a game since he started coaching, but I think their best player got hurt, so I don't know if it's entirely his fault. Because the funny thing is Evansville actually beat Kentucky early on in the year, not when Licklider was coaching, but yeah, Licklider has resurfaced in the MVC for a terrible Evansville team. <laughs> Dang. Yeah. That is a... That is something I would have never thought, but then yeah. again, that happens all the time where I will hear it's in the MVC football conference. I'll be like, oh, so that guy coaches that school. I remember when he coached some Big Ten school, yeah. some Big 12 school. Old Bo Pelini, so, you know, out there at Youngstown. Yep. Bo Pelini, uh, Joe Tressel, I think, was there before. Yep. Or Jim Tressel, not Joe Tressel. Yeah. But yeah. So, so from what you're telling me, there's a shot that Iowa has two – basketball teams in the in the big dance yeah uh yeah unless iowa state or drake can win the tournament and they all get in uh, i don't think that's ever happened in our life <laughs> it'd be pretty shocking there have been a handful of when three of them get in yes um usually the two big ones and one of the nbc ones yeah um it would be if iowa state were to win their conference tournament it would be shocking um because they are just not that good this year isn't the top of the Big 12 very good, too? Yeah. Uh, Baylor is ranked number two. And uh, they're, I guess, them and Kansas. Yeah, okay. So it's literally the top two teams. Kansas is 14-1. Baylor is 14-1. Texas Tech is 9-6. and six. Uh, I'm gotcha. pretty much there. I would say it will not be last. They're a bottom. They're seventh, or eighth right now in the conference. But they will not be last. Well, that's good. That's good. That's good um, for them. Sean, so has this been maybe the most lackluster college basketball season <laughs> in your memory? I don't Man, I to be honest, it's like I each year it seems like I follow I follow college basketball less. Um and maybe it is because of this. And it it does seem like this year well, this year it just there's no there's no Zion. I think that's the compare. Some of it. it was Zion was there last year. It doesn't seem like there's any players who are in the league right now in college basketball who are like top tier athlete. Like the draft class, NBA draft class isn't supposed to be that great this year. So I think that yeah. has been hard because college basketball usually they do a little better if they have like oh this guy's gonna go like be really good in the nba like zion was uh so yeah i don't know i i think it has been a pretty lackluster year and obviously yeah we talked about before we came on that like san diego state is one of the better teams university of dayton is good and if those teams are good uh that's not a good sign because you know the blue bloods aren't as good north carolina has been pretty bad this year uh so yeah, I I think it yeah it's been a pretty lackluster year you know there it's the part that's exciting is no one really knows who's gonna win uh, so that'll make fun for a fun tournament but at the same time there's no one to cheer against or cheer for I guess that's really standing out. Okay, I I you make some good points there. Um, I guess if we were to ask those people from like those small schools who are doing real well, they'd say this is the best year they've ever had, but. Um, what do you mean? Just as a just as a casual fan, yeah, it seems boring. I guess um, there's no like top tier teams, and there's no like top tier players. It seems so. Yes, 
I mean, from from the point of if you want like exciting storylines and things, it's pretty hard to come up with one besides like who knows what's gonna happen. You know, there's not a yeah. clear cut winner. There isn't. There's no Zion. There's no like like Duke isn't like ungodly good or Kentucky isn't like. Pretty much all the good teams have had. You know, I think early on in the season, every number one team just kept losing basically. Any team who got to number one, and that's kind of been what the season's kind of been about, is that there's just no clear-cut favorite. Yeah, and I, I think part of it is also, as we have definitely in my case, we're not the biggest college basketball fans. Yeah. Um, so that might also be, you know, casual college basketball fans on top of a not a special year, I guess. Hmm. <laughs> Um, I'm sure we'll both tune into the tournament a little bit. Um, oh, I will. Tournament's the yeah. best time here. The first, well, the first weekend when there are just like so many games going on, it's the best. Do you, do you take days off of work? Uh, if I can, uh, if I am not required to be at work, I guess. If I don't have a job, I have. I think the past couple of years, I usually take. I don't take both days. I usually take Friday off. Yeah. Um, or at least a half day because typically the games don't start till about 11 normally. So like, and if you, and most of the time I don't really care about watching a whole game. It's really just like the end of games. If they're close is the most exciting part. So yeah. it's like, you can wait till about noon, you know, and then take the afternoon off and watch. Hmm. Okay. But we'll All see. Right. Uh, my PTO is a little low this year, so I don't know if I will be able to, trying to hold some days the year just started john hey my no my pto hey my where i work the pto doesn't start till uh april is when it starts over oh okay so gotcha. so you're at the end of the year then yeah i'm getting to our end of the year with pto gotcha gotcha that makes i was like whoa john <laughs> you're, you're just started just, here man. just burned all my pto days in two months well uh, you know it's been done i've seen it done um <laughs> all right um Let's move on, Sean, to uh, one of our more recurring segments we have. Where yes. We review. We don't review. We kind of preview some movies that are upcoming. Absolutely. That we are excited for. So if you're a common listener of the program, you'll know we usually do this in, like, beginning of the summer, uh, beginning of the fall, and sometimes the New Year one. Well, this year we're kind of we're jumping a little early. We're kind of going to cut the summer in half almost. Yeah and incorporate it with the spring. So what we're going to do here is this is our movie preview for March till the end of May. <laughs> Rolls off the tongue. Yep. Uh, so the, essentially the spring, which ends up being the first half of the blockbuster, the beginning of the blockbuster season. Yes. So, um, so I'm just going to jump right in. So the first movie we got on here is Onward. Onward. It's the movie Onward. It's the new Pixar movie. Yes. By um, obviously Pixar, the people who brought you probably every childhood movie you can think of. Yep. Um, this is their new upcoming movie, and it's essentially about two. Um, the world is like a fantasy world. So there's like magic and like pixies and like unicorns and crap like that. But it's like modern day, so it's kind of it's making fun of all that stuff while. I, it's in that world. Yeah. Um, and these two characters are like teenagers or like just turned 18 characters. 
who find this wizard staff and ends up their dad was a wizard and they like do this spell to bring him back and it only brings back his waist down. So now they have to like do something in a certain amount of time to bring him back fully. Yeah. Um, and the big thing is the two voices that are like the main people are Tom Holland of Spider-Man fame mm-hmm. and Chris Pratt, Chris Pratt of Guardians fame. Yeah. So, um, bringing back those two MCU characters, actors to yes. do this. Um, Sean, have you heard about this movie at all before I just explained the plot? Uh, I, I've been seeing a lot of previews on television. Uh, I think that is, that's clearly how I've heard about it. And I also, uh, yeah, I thought it was funny. I put it together. I was like, oh, both these guys are in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And, uh. How funny that they're doing a Disney film or a Pixar film, whatever. Um, yeah. Coincidence? I don't think so. Yeah, I do not think so. Uh, I don't know. I assume it Will I see it? Probably not. If I had a kid, would I see it? Probably. Um, it looks like it could be interesting. Yeah, it's one of those movies where, yeah, I doubt I see it in theaters. I could, maybe, but... I guess I usually don't see the Pixar movies in theaters. Um, I don't know the last one that I did see in theaters. Yeah. So, um, I probably will not see it, but I'm sure I'll watch it at some point. I'm sure it's good. So. Oh, yeah. Um, I I think it's good. It's got a, looking at the cast list, it's a, got a very deep cast. A um, lot, of, lot of people in it. So, I don't know. It looks interesting. It just, it definitely looks like a kid's film because I'm like, I don't, okay, they they have magic, don't get what else yeah. is going on, but they're cartoon characters with magic. Seems seems entertaining. And I, so I'm guessing here, I don't know if this is the case, this might be the first movie that Pixar does since its head was, like, forcefully removed, essentially. Um, now, what, for are those ta- you, what are you talking about? So, like, a while ago i don't i don't know the time frame so i could be way off on the time yeah the head of pixar like got in trouble oh. he was like uh I, I don't know if it was like sexual harassment or what it was but it was something along those lines so he was forcefully removed okay. or like they made him quit or he fired or something like that this might be the first movie since that has happened uh... so i wonder if there we'll see any changes with it um but I don't know. It could it could also just be another one of those Pixar movies that is the same, which is fine because they're usually pretty good. Yeah, I don't uh, know. So so it sounds like neither of us will see it in theaters. Uh, <laughs> maybe both of us will see it eventually. Eventually. Um, okay. Next one I have is A Quiet Place Two. Yes. Um, which for those of you who don't know, this is the sequel to the first Quiet Place, which was John Krasinski, Emily Blunt. Um, this movie, it's. It's sort of a horror movie is how they explain it, but after watching Quiet Place, it's more of a thriller, I would say, honestly, Um, where these people live in a world where aliens have, like, come in and, like, almost run the, like, been made the humans extinct because you can't make a noise, otherwise they'll find you and kill you. Um, That's the premise? (laughs) Yeah. Wow. I did not know that. So, I mean, the, the aliens are monsters, so it's more like they eat you, but, uh. That seems terrible. Um, so, yeah, in the first one, Emily Blunt 
is like has a baby, like gives birth. Yeah. And like that whole thing where like they have to make it quiet and it's really tense. Cause like there's no like sound in the movie. So, Oh my God, um, this seems terrifying. It's very tense. Like I said, I don't know if I would call it a horror movie, but it's, it's very, very tense. All um, right. I only saw it in my apartment with the lights off and that seems no terrible. sound. Um, but people who saw it in theaters had mixed reviews. Some people said it was like, the coolest experience I've ever had because it was so quiet. Like everyone in the theater's quiet. Yeah. Other people I talked to said it was horrible because they could hear every time like some person like four rows up ate their popcorn. <laughs> yeah. Let um, me open this loud bag of Skittles right now. Yeah. Or some guy brought in like a can of Coke. It's yeah. Um, but anyway, so the, the sequel that has come out this summer, um, John Krasinski's back. I think this is only his second directorial movie, so it's kind of like, was it a fluke the first time, or was it like, was he really that good? Yes. Um, Emily Blunt's back with uh, some of the kid characters who are good actors, but I'm not sure who they are. Um, yeah. I I don't think I'll see it in theaters because I can't find anybody to go with me. I'm not going to go think with it'll you, be man. Good. I know you're not. I, I didn't ask. <laughs> uh-huh. Um. Sean, does this intrigue you at all? Uh, I think the premise... I didn't know that was the premise of the film. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, it does... Uh, it, it does interest me. I, it sound, I'm not going to go, but it seems like a cool film that people should uh, go to. Um, I just don't know. Sequels are always tough. Um, so, I don't know how well that will go. Um... Because it's like, especially with horror films, because you kind of, I guess it's not really a horror film, like you said, but you, you know, you, but you kind of know what to expect. You know, the premise of it. Unlike when you go into the first film, you know, it takes that and you don't know all the twists and turns. It's harder to pull that off on a sequel. So it'll be interesting to see how it does. Yeah. I, and the the one thing about quiet places that came out and it was like a huge success because it made a ton of money off of a not very big budget. I'm guessing their budget's a little higher now. And I wonder if, you know, if it'll still make that money or not. So, yeah, we'll see. Um, It's coming out kind of right at the end of March, I think. So it's kind of a weird time to release it. So I don't know if they're kind of trying to, I don't know. I guess these last few years you've had like the us's and the get outs that have come out. So maybe they're just trying to hit that niche time, but it seems like a very weird time to get it, bring it out. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Okay. Sean, another movie, another Disney movie coming out this spring is uh, the live-action remake of Mulan. Um, did you ever watch... Were you too old to watch Mulan? Like, was it past your Disney watching time when it came out as a cartoon? Yeah, I've never seen Mulan. Uh, or I have. Maybe I have, and I don't remember. Um, I know my my wife... I think she's she was into it, um, but no, I I have not seen it. Uh, so I believe if I'm right, it's the one about where woman where a woman dresses up as a man and becomes a warrior or something. Yeah, you're, that's pretty much on the ball. It's in like ancient China. Yeah. In the cartoon, there's Eddie Murphy as a dragon, um, who uh, is not in this movie. From what I can, from what everyone. Has, Everyone says 
is not in this live action remake. Oh, um, so they take they're taking a lot of like the magical aspects out of it, I think, and making it more like straight, like realistic. Yeah. Um, so it actually, I was never a huge Mulan fan. My little sister really liked it. Yeah. Um, but this, I did see the trailer because it's a Disney remake, so I don't care. I know the plot. Um, and it like it seemed like they had some pretty big like fight like battle scenes in it. So I that wonder. Cool. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. I will. I would guess I'm gonna go see it because me and my wife have seen almost all of the remakes in theater. Yeah, it's one of the ones we actually go to. So um, I'm sure we'll go to it. Man, I'm I'm shocked Matt Damon is not in this film like he was in that other China film. <laughs> oh, The Great Wall. Yeah. <laughs> From experience, I watched that movie. Bad movie. I, I'm sure Matt Damon was in a Chinese-themed uh, movie. <laughs> that was essentially like some Chinese production company came to Matt Damon and was like, hey, Matt, we will give you a lot of money to be in this movie. Yeah. And he's like, what's it about? Okay, that sounds stupid, but yeah, I'll be in it. Yeah. This movie um, does look good because it has cast, I assume, mostly Chinese people um, based on the names and things. So. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna. From it's what good I've they're seen, not I, whitewashing it and making it yeah, very from, racist. <laughs> from what I've seen, it hasn't been whitewashed. Um, I I still hold out hope that they're gonna bring back the Eddie Eddie Murphy character somehow. Yeah, like as a surprise. But everyone I talk to says they're not, so I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. You know. Um, so Sean, we have, as normal, have not found a movie that you actually see in theaters. Nope. Um, I haven't but, gone to a movie in theater since Hobbs and Shaw. Um, <laughs> just not probably the best thing. Uh, I don't know. I don't go to movies as much as I used to. I should. I like movies. But hey, let's they're, see. They're expensive. What's next, though? What's next? So, so we'll keep going down. I think I have a movie on this list that you'll see. All right. So we'll all keep right. going. All right. Um, this next one is a movie that has been delayed at least three times. That's not good. And I have been hyped for it since the first one, though. Okay. It's uh, X-Men New, Mu- New Mutants. All right. Um, it was essentially a X-Men movie starring um, Macy Williams, who's from Game of Thrones. Anna Taylor-Johnson, I think it's her name. She's from, like, The Witch and stuff like that. These are not people I would expect you to know, Sean. Um, I've heard other- of Macy Williams. Okay. Okay. Um, and essentially what it is, it's an X-Men, it takes place in the X-Men universe, but all these kids live at a psychiatrist, like a, pretty much a psych ward, yeah. psych hospital. Um, and it's got like horror elements and like, I think the thing is all these kids like get their superpowers during this movie. Yeah. And it's got, kind of got some horror themes to it. Um, it came out like right like the teaser or something came out right around the time when I was trying to uh, stop watching trailers. So I'd seen the teaser. Yeah. But not the rest. And I've been hooked ever since. I I like the blend of horror with the X-Men. Mm-hmm. So the one thing is uh, this movie could be really bad. Because like I said, it's been delayed at least three times. It was supposed to come out like 2018. Wait a minute. So when did you stop watching trailers? probably around 2016 and you saw a teaser then i think so either that or i saw a teaser when i shouldn't have okay 
Because they wouldn't have... No, those people would have been, like, old enough at that point, right? They would have all been pr- much younger looking. Four years? I don't know. I mean, these all these people are probably in their mid-20s now. Oh. So, wait, it was scheduled to come out earlier, and then it just got pushed back? Multiple times. It was either supposed to come out in early 2019 or late 2018, I believe, originally. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, this is going to be weird. Yeah, because it says filming. I'm just looking at it. It says filming took place in Mass- Boston, Massachusetts from July to September 2017. Okay. Primarily yeah. at, with a 28 to April 2018 release in mind. And then it says the film was then delayed while reshoots were planned. Though comments by the director in 2019 were in- interpreted as indicating these never happened. This is on Wikipedia, though, so who knows? Mm-hmm. That it, I don't have faith, faith in this, Jordan. I'm a little worried about it. It doesn't I, sound so good. I, I've gone down with the ship multiple times on these X-Men movies, <laughs> and this is like the last X-Men movie before Disney like wipes the slate clean. Yeah. So, Which is part of the reason it got delayed again, I think, is because it got bought by Disney. Yeah. Um, there's large rumors for a while that this was just going to be released on Hulu, um, uh, which there's still rumors it might be, um, but we'll see. I, I think it'll get a, I think it'll get a theater release because it's built up a little hype, yeah, in the last six months or so. But yeah, I guarantee this movie bombs. But I want to go see it. Yeah, I think they're just uh, essentially at this point just putting it out to get it out there. Yep. Um, they will see how much money it will make in a theater for a couple weeks. Yeah. And it's got a lot of people like I like, a lot of the actors I like, so. Yeah. We'll see. It's a, um, another classic King Arthur tale for you. You think it's going to be great and it's going to be terrible. You know, looking back at that movie, I should have seen it coming. <laughs> if you fall in love with some actors, actors and uh, director combinations, you know, and we think it'll be good. Yeah. Even though I, funny enough, I was reading an article a couple weeks ago. It was like new cult classics of the last few years. So that essentially, a movie that this one dude liked. Yeah. And that movie was on there, and I was like, "Yeah, this guy gets me." I don't believe this. I don't believe that. That guy should be fired from wherever he's working. <laughs> or you're just reading <laughs> some random guy's blog. I mean, it was on what culture? So yeah. Essentially. <laughs> um. Okay, Sean. This next one you will see in theater. I know you will. Yes. It's no time to die. Hell yeah. James Bond. Bondcast coming to you guys soon out there. Yeah. Um, Sean, I I don't think we've actually said this on the air, but there's a possibility we do a Bondcast after this movie. Yes. Yes, there Um, is. So uh, stay tuned, but... Sean, I'll let you describe the No Time to Die. Oh, my uh, God. Uh, I, I I, haven't actually read the plot line, I don't think, of the movie. But based on the trailer, Bond is... Uh, I, can I spoil? I, I guess tell you kind of... I Yeah, it's not spoiling it. Basically, it seems like Bond is not a double O agent, maybe, or something. Basically, they have to call him back in. And he has to do like one every last Bond movie. Yes, like every crack movie where it's basically besides the first two films that are back to back, where he's just become a 007. The last ones are like one last job type of films, and that's essentially <laughs> what this is. Christoph Waltz yeah. is back. Um, uh, Freddie Mercury's the bad guy. Um, yep. <laughs> Remy Malik or whatever. 
if that's how you say his name. And uh, yeah, that's it's basically it. Sounds like this is I'm pretty sure Craig's last Bond film. Like it seems like this time is. Yeah, I would hope it is because he's getting up there for being a Bond. Um, but who knows? It keeps coming back. Uh, but it sounds like this will be the last one. Uh, there's a sweet ass motorcycle scene, I think. So I don't know. I think it's going to be cool. Yeah. I, uh, I'm pretty hyped for it. I'm looking forward to going to see it in theaters. Yes. Uh, I will be seeing sector. I will be seeing this in theaters. Yeah. We, uh, we might have to coordinate. Yes. We can get, get a dual screening. We'll call it. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think this is one of the few movies coming out this spring that we're both excited to that's coming out yeah i i truly don't know how good it will be but it's gonna be entertaining nonetheless so what i kind of like about it is uh so carrie fuganagi fuganagi i i can't pronounce his last name yeah he was the he directed the true detective is what he like came to fame for yeah and uh beast of no nation was another one and i like him as a director he's kind of got like a different style so I think it'll bring something different to the movie. And I believe Phoebe Waller-Bridge did like some like rewrites on the script. Yeah. And she's like one of the like it like writer slash director slash like actresses right now. So um, it's just like a, a weird combination that could either be very combustible with the Bond stuff or like make something awesome. So yeah, we'll I see. don't know. I'm excited. <laughs> it's going to be a good film. I think. I think overall it'll be fun. Who knows what the plot will be, um, like how great that is. But I think it'll be fun uh, no matter what. It'll be different. It it will be different because the last two films were, I believe, the Sam Mendes films. So, and his way of directing, I feel like, is going to be much different than, I assume, what Carrie Fukunawa, or however you say the name, um, than that so it'll be interesting to see uh how that differs yeah i sean what are the odds and if you know don't tell me actually what are the odds that the bad guy in this movie is actually the boss of the last bad guys like it's just still building oh maybe i don't know it will be interesting i'm sure it will tie in somehow Um, oh i'm sure yeah obviously because i know Obviously, yeah, uh, Blowfield is back in this one, but I don't think he's the main bad guy. I assume Christoph Waltz is just in for maybe a scene or two, and then Bond just has a beef with him, basically, and maybe Christoph Waltz gets out at the end. Who knows? I don't know. Yeah, who knows? But that was just something I was thinking about the other day. I'm like, I bet this is. I bet that's how it goes. They just build up. This guy's actually the real bad guy now. <laughs> well, that's what the, every Bond film has been up until this point with Craig. Yeah, it's just like, oh, you thought the last guy was a bad guy? Well, this guy was actually the one behind that. Yeah, yeah, and this guy's behind this one. Yeah, so we'll see. Um, so we finally found a movie Sean says he's going to th- see in theaters. Yes. Um, we had another one here. It's the only mcu movie i think coming out this year oh, I... um black widow it's the long anticipated debut of scarlett johansson in her own movie of black widow yeah it's a prequel for those who did not see endgame <laughs> one of the like five people in the world who didn't see it she dies in that movie yeah um so 
so it's a prequel. Um, Sean, are you? Do you have any want to go see this movie? Not really. Um, I I'm not opposed that maybe I end up watching it, but I'm not really drawn in. Black Widow never was like super interesting to me as a character. Um, so I it'll be interesting how it works, and I wonder who shows up. I guess in the film, if there will be any cameos. Uh, I would think there would be at some point, at least one person. You um, got to think Jeremy Renner's in there somewhere. Oh God, Hawkeye's just doing Hawkeye shit. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I, I'm sure it'll be good. It'll be interesting because yeah, it is the first. What is this? The first Marvel film after Endgame, Second. basically. Second. What was Second. the other one? Spider Man. Oh. Uh, came out afterwards. Yeah, and see, pretty much after Endgame, I'm kind of just out. I'm in the same boat. I'm kind of like. Until you prove to me, like, I need to see these movies again, like, I'm kind of done with them. Yeah. So, um, that being said, I might see it, you know? Yeah. It's kind of coming out in a time when there's not a lot of other stuff coming out. We will have already seen Bond by that point, so it's like, you know, maybe I'll go see it. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah, I think we're both in the same boat where we're kind of like, eh, Prove to me I need to see these MCU <laughs> movies. Like, bring out your next Black Panther movie and I'll go see that. Yeah. But, uh, these other ones, I don't know if I will. Um, all right, Sean. The last movie we have on our list. It's a little bit of a dud. I don't know if you've heard of it before. Yeah. It's it's F9. Fuck yeah. I am excited for this film. Um, Dominic Toretto. Vin Diesel. Ludacris, Michelle Rodriguez, Letty, uh, Tyrese, obviously. Han is back somehow. I want to know how the fuck Han is back. I do not understand this. Do you, okay. Do you think he's actually back or do you think it's like a flashback? I think he's back. I think Han is back. I don't understand because I'm pretty sure I'd have to go back and watch the end of the one film. But I'm pretty sure Jason State murders him, like, pretty clearly. He shoots him. Yeah. Or he shoots or blows up his car. Uh, yeah, so that that will be interesting, how they do that. Um, which is funny, because I forget what I was reading or listening to, but they're talking about justice for Han, and how, basically, like, Vin Diesel did this, but now he's like, yeah, justice for Han, but it's like, you're the one who got rid of him, because he's clearly the one who you know, drives these films in a sense, no pun intended. Uh, But like, so it's funny that Han is back. It's great. Han is back. I believe Jordana Brewster shows back up. Um, I've heard rumors that like, they're going to have Paul Walker, like do the CGI thing, but I hope that's not true. Um, I don't know how that, and obviously John Cena is in the film um, and I can get on board with John Cena. So, because The Rock and Jason Statham are unfortunately not in this film. Yeah. Uh, it, I think you've told me this before, but is it they're not in this one? So, like, they'll probably be back in the next one? I or would. Is it like they're totally diverging now? I would think, because I think the 10th one's actually supposed to be the last one. I would think they would bring them back for 10. Because, like the Bond universe. I think they're whoever. Oh, well, Charlize Theron is one of the bad guys on this film. Um, she is back, and I don't know if she'll turn good because that seems to always happen. 
Um, yeah. But I believe there's another bad character because in Hobbs and Shaw, you know, they kind of hit it at this overarching bad guy. And I feel like whoever that is will tie into um, the, the overall bad guy in the 10th film, I guess. Okay. That would make sense. Which so I think theory... people, the theory, one theory I thought I heard was the bad guy in the Hobbs and Shaw was Han, was like the voice thing, but I, yep. I don't get how that would work. That that was my theory, was that that was a, he was the bad guy in that. If he's a good yeah. guy in this one, then everything is screwed up if that's the case. But yeah. uh, I'm, I'm sticking to my theory that Kurt Russell is the overarching bad guy of the whole thing. Yeah. I don't know if he's in this one. Oh, he's in it. Believe he's in it. Is he? I don't know. I, I don't know, but I guarantee he's in I'll it. I'll look it up. I'm not sure if he is. Mr. Nobody, he's gotta be in it. Mr. He's the bad he's the bad guy of the whole series, I'm telling you. Uh, All the way back to Fast and be Fast and Furious. <laughs> I don't think he's in this film, man. Watch for the late movie cameo. <laughs> well, on Wikipedia at least just doesn't say it. They don't know. They don't know. Um, Sean, I'm guessing you're going to go see this in theaters. Uh, hell yeah. I'm hoping, I'm hoping to get another, uh, t-shirt out of it. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, are you going to convince your wife to go with you? Uh, I've tried. She will not. Um, <laughs> she cannot, she gets too much. I don't know how uh, she says she gets anxiety from action films or they make it. I don't know. There's two. She can't. She doesn't enjoy the action, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Um, they're too intense for They're it, too actually. intense, which I don't understand how any of these movies are too intense because they're so much fun, especially F9, because it's all ridiculous. Yeah, I... Do you think they go to outer space this movie yet? Oh, God, I hope so. Uh, I don't think so. They're saving that. That's got to be, like, the last one. Yeah, like... And... Mr. Nobody's on the moon. We have to go get him. <laughs> we have to go get him. Um... Justin Lin's back directing, which is great because he's done like, I forget which other ones he's done, but he's definitely directed my other favorite. Uh, I'm trying to pull up his films here. I'm say, is his seven and six? Is that him? So he actually did F- Tokyo Drift, which I'm not a fan of. Um, which actually I really haven't watched, but like, yeah. Uh, he did fast. He basically did three, four, five, and six. Okay. Uh, which. Five and six are, like, my two favorite ones, I think. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, like, I'm excited for it. Yeah, I'm I'm down. And, um, he's, and he's directing the one next year. Ooh. Wait, no. wait is ten next year, then? It says, Hobbs and Shaw two? Uh, it says next year is the next one. All right, well. This is like a Lord of the Rings, man, just filming back-to-back. Yeah. Um... Lucas Black is back as Sean Boswell from Tokyo Drift and Furious 7, I guess, for a cameo. Oh, it looks like Bow Wow is going to come back for a little bit. Dang, they're really bringing the whole universe together. Yeah, I don't know. I We'll see how it goes. It's, oh my god, it's it's funny. I The podcast, How Did This Get Made, they always do this film, these films, mm-hmm. and they did a mini-episode just of them reviewing the trailer, which is about a three-minute trailer, and it was like 35 minutes long of three minutes they were review- reviewing because they basically would watch some of that, stop, talk about it. It was great. 
Did they bring Adam Scott back to do it too? Um, no, but Adam Scott will be back on probably the actual episode because he is their resident um, Fast and Furious expert. Yeah, those uh, those are good episodes of how did, how did this get made. Those yeah. are probably my favorite of theirs. And um, Helen, Helen Mirren's still in it, even though her both her sons aren't, so that's kind of weird, but uh, sure. They got to tie in the Hobbs and Shaw, man. Yeah. I don't know. Man, I, it's just, be great. When you said Bow Wow and Lucas Black are in it, I'm guaranteeing the Han stuff is flashback. All right. I, don't, I feel like, I don't know, maybe I was tricked by the trailer, but... The way the trailer puts it in there, it makes it seem like he's alive. Nah, I, it's it's all fake, man. It's a fake. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. All right. Well, Sean, those are the movies of the spring. Yeah. So cool. Um, if we forgot any, please write into Sean and tell him how much we suck. Yeah, do um, that, please. I appreciate it. <laughs> all right, Sean. Um. This is one of those rare moments in yeah. podcast history where I'm going to let you talk about The Bachelor. <laughs> I thought we want to get here. Um, I won't talk about it much since we've gone on enough. Um, basically, we're down to the final three. Um, they had their fantasy suites. One girl saving herself for marriage, who was clearly the favorite going in. Um, but The Bachelor uh, was the guy who had sex in a windmill four times. And so it does not bode well for her, her, unfortunately. Um, I don't know where it's going to go. Honestly, it is what makes the season good is I really don't know who he will pick. Peter, I'm sure if you met him in real life, good person. Uh, As the bachelor, though, terrible bachelor. Um, Really bad at decision making. Really bad at letting girls just carry on drama with each other. Uh, So I I think what I've said before, I think what's going to happen. Uh, he clearly had Victoria, who is a master manipulator there. Um, he just wanted to have sex with her. I don't think anything is going to go there. I would hope not. If it does, he's really screwing himself over. Hannah Ann looks like she's 18 or below 18. Uh, so I can't see her end up with that. So I think, uh, Madison, the girl who played basketball, a state four-time state champ in Alabama played for the Auburn women's basketball team. Um, Jordan, this is some sports right here on her hometown, on her hometown date, Peter and her went to the Auburn arena, basketball arena, walk in Charles Barkley's on this scoreboard, like sending a video. Um, Peter (laughs) did not know who Charles Barkley was, which is what? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like, if you watch the episode, he does not look like he knows who Charles is, which is insane. Everyone knows who Charles Barkley is. She's like, Oh, Hey, it's that guy. Yeah. Um, so, and then I guess later I saw, I didn't watch the clip I saw online on inside the NBA, uh, later, um, they like, I must ask Charles about that, about Peter not knowing. And the guy's like, Charles is basically like terrible. I hope that girl doesn't end up with him or whatever. Um, (laughs) terrible, terrible. Uh, and then, um, the Bruce Pearl showed up. Uh, for the date and ran them through basketball drills and Madison was clearly better at Peter at basketball. Nice. Um, uh, so besides the point, what, what's going to happen is this is I think Madison's going to, you know, she's going to go home because she didn't want him to have sex with other women because she's saving herself for marriage. Seems weird why Madison's on the show since that's what the bachelor is. Whatever. 
Madison has actually met the family, uh, was taken on a one-on-one date to go to his parents' vow renewal, which is kind of weird, but okay. So Yeah, a little weird. He has a breakdown. There's some breakdown scene we haven't gotten to that I keep showing in previews. Um, and then his mom says, yes, bring her home. I believe that's for Madison, so he's going to go try to get Madison. Then we'll find out if that, that actually works. Um, other news is they're announcing the bachelorette on monday and uh i believe through rumors it's confirmed it's either uh Tasha from last season uh this girl uh, tia um who had dated colton from uh ari's season and uh kelsey the one who was on this season who had champagne gate who's from des moines and uh this claire crawley girl who she's been on the season here and there. I don't know what original season she was on, but it's down to those four. I personally just hope it's Kelsey because she's from Des Moines, so that gives me a better chance at trying to get on the show uh, in the background. But we will see. And that's it, Jordan. That's the Bachelor update. So I do have two quick questions for you. Now, Both regarding this season. Okay. Um, and sort of the Bachelorette. Wasn't there a rumor that uh, he was going to like actually pick – what was her name? Hannah Brown or something like that. The bachelorette from the previous season. Yeah. Whatever happened with that? Um, so Hannah Brown was on the first two episodes and it seemed very, uh, the, uh, the emotion between them seemed, or they hadn't healed, you know, from it. Like they still wanted each other. Um, she hasn't appeared since there is a small, I think I put like a five to 10% chance that she shows up and is the one that, uh, Peter brings home, but I just don't think it will happen because at the time the show was filming, she was on Dancing so with the Stars. So I just like, if this really happened, it would be quite the pull off uh, of a show. So I don't know. Uh, we will see uh, what will happen there. And what was the other question? So I haven't asked it yet. Oh, yeah. Isn't there also a rumor out there that he is actually picks a producer of the show and is dating one of the producers. How did you know about this? Hey, man. I spent some time on the internet. Oh, uh, yeah, no, I've heard that rumor, too, which is, it's funny. I don't think that happens. Uh, I listened to another podcast called Bachelor Party uh, with this lady from The Ringer, Juliette Ledman, who talks about The Bachelor a lot, uh, obviously. And she doesn't think it's that... that's true. People are like thinking it because he's in all these photos with her, but the producers usually are with them a lot. So that's why they believe it. And even when they, uh, Juliet Lemon brought this up to like kind of people who would, uh, write about the show or even work on that show. I think they like laughed at it or didn't even realize this was a thing. So I do not think, uh, the producer, it would be crazy if it was, but I don't think that's the case. At one point there was a rumor he got someone pregnant, but that was uh, proven false. Damn. Yeah. Well, well, that's all the bachelor knowledge I know, Sean. So. Yeah. Well, that's, that's a good amount to know at least. You know <laughs> well, something. we appreciate the update. Um, yeah. all right, Sean, it's time for our closing segment. The one everyone comes to hear about. Yeah. Your Red Dead story. All right. Uh, so I, you know, I'm, I'm still like at 50 some percent, slowly moving along. Don't play it that often. Um, but I was trying to hang up a story. And the last time I was playing, I was trying to do one of these dumb side quests that I don't think I really need to do to complete the game. But it's fun. 
Um, basically, the side quest was uh, you. There's these two people that escape jail, and you're just trying to help them out by taking down the wanted posters in this town. Mm-hmm. So I went and did most of them, and I think at one point. I don't know what happened. I think I pulled a gun or something. I got in trouble, and then, like, I kind of had to abandon it, and I kind of forgot about it, and played the game further on, came back, and then I realized, oh, I got to grab this one poster still, which I think tripped me up the first time. So I go, I walk over, and the thing about this is another bounty hunter or whatever grabs the poster before you do. And so I was like, okay, I'll just shoot him and take the poster. Um, this is in town around people, but I was like, I, I'll shoot him. I'll ride away quick. I'll be fine. So takes a poser. I just straight up murder him. Uh, go to loot him thinking I'd grab the poster. Apparently it doesn't let you do that. So then I just have the cops on my ass and I go ride around and then like, I can't even do anything because then the town's under surveillance or whatever. So like if I go in and if a cop sees me, then they start chasing me again. So I like wasted all that time, and basically what ended up happening is I finally realized, oh, like I have to watch him take the poster and then just kind of trail him for a little bit, and then basically just lasso. I I didn't kill him. I just lassoed him, tied him up. Uh, probably should have taken him further off the uh, trail, but I was just so annoyed that I just tied him up right on the road and uh, <laughs> took got the got the poster. But then uh, the cops still came after me for kidnapping um, someone or attempted kidnapping. And so I, I got the posters back to the guys I needed, but it probably ended up being like 25 more minutes than I needed it to be because I just, I just, I didn't want to wait. <laughs> so that's what happened when you tried to do good out in the world, Sean. You I know. just let him catch that guy and then killed the guy who was also chasing him. And you take the money. I know. Well, the thing is, this is what happens. You get that bounty, and then you go back to the guys, and then you're supposed to just, like, let them go free. So, I don't know. It's, there's so many missions in this game that are just non-consequential, but I'm still like, oh, I love it. I love playing. It's so dumb. Hey, that's all right, man. You're all working towards the percentage. That's very true. 100. One of these days, you're just going to do a bunch of the main missions, and it'll shoot right up. I know. Someday. 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 All right, Sean. Well, I think we've had enough conversation here. Yeah. Um, anything else you'd like to leave our listeners with? Nah, no, I think that's it. All right. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you guys for listening to the Pandering Talk. If you liked what you heard, please like and subscribe us and give us five stars on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts at. Otherwise, if you want to reach out to us, please hit us up at our Twitter account at Pandering Talk or our email account at panderingtalk at gmail.com. Plus, if you want to talk to Sean Dangler personally, hit him up at Sean Dangler. Jordan doesn't have Twitter because he's too cool for that. All right. Thank you, guys.